0: Hello and uh, welcome to the latest of our season previews on the History of Yugoslav Football podcast. And in this episode, we are looking at the Croatian Piva Hainel, um, which begins, well, as I'm recording this on Thursday, uh, which begins tomorrow evening. Uh, with games all across this weekend. Um, after this, obviously, we've got two more uh, areas to cover, which could be Montenegro and uh, Kosovo. Um, we're just going to pause just before we get into the P of the High and l uh, preview just to mention um, Kosovo. As if you uh, hadn't heard, um, the Champions, Drita, uh, were part of the uh, Champions League preliminary qualifying mini-tournament that they were having in Neon, and uh, they, having defeated the Andorran champions in the semi-final of it, um, they were into a game against Linfield of Northern Ireland, which uh, was postponed due to coronavirus. Now, it's quite controversial. Um, I'm just going to read off the um, statement from Drita from their Twitter feed, just so you uh, understand the depth of their feeling. Here we go. Uh, UEFA decides we have lost the match 3-0. This decision is odd and fast from an organisation like UEFA without asking for any further explanation or statement from the club. The main reason for this decision was that the match couldn't be postponed for more than three days. Brackets, August 14th. They have put the blame on the Swiss authorities because they asked for a 10-day quarantine for our club and more reasons that do not have anything to do with us but have everything to do with the organiser of this competition, which is UEFA itself. We are deeply indignant at this sudden and subjective decision. Now, it remains for our club to hand over this issue into the hands of our lawyers to follow all legal avenues to the end. Thanks to all our fans for supporting us. This is not the end. Um, So obviously, as you can perhaps imagine, the um, primary issue Dries are taking is um, that, obviously, it's UEFA who have told them you need to be in Switzerland, and it's uh, Swiss authorities who have directed them that the game couldn't be played, even though, I mean, certainly they uh, feel that they were able to play it, and given that we had um, two cases within the Atletico Madrid camp and their Champions League quarterfinals going ahead uh, you sort of wonder what the difference is, say for the sides of the team and the uh, public relations disaster that would come from having to uh, postpone one of your uh, big competition semi quarterfinals as opposed to you know, let's be honest, a match between Dritter and Linfield very few people are going to uh, pay much interest in outside of the two Sides, so that's just a little uh, bit of background on that before we jump into the subject of this episode, which is of course the return of the Croatian Hainel. uh After so we finished that a couple of weeks ago, um, and well, actually the season itself only finished eight days ago uh, with the second leg of the relegation playoff between istra and Orient, uh, which ended up finishing uh, 3-1 in Istros favour on aggregate. Uh, Tomorrow we kick off with Varzín against uh, Gorica, and then we have the full site of uh, fixtures across the weekend. But obviously, as we have done with the previous uh, league previews, if you've been listening to a few of these now, uh, which if you're a regular listener over the past couple of weeks, you certainly will have, um, because this is our uh, our fifth. We posed a few questions and then get into the real meat of it. So the first question we have to ask is quite simply, how will Zora Mamic fare as Dinamo manager? So it's perhaps best if you're not too familiar with Croatian football to give a little bit of background uh, as to what's gone on in the past six months or so. Um, Obviously Dinamo were in the Champions League last season and did uh, rather well. In it, You know, okay, they uh, ended up fourth in their group, but you know, they opened up that campaign with a, a 4-0 win over Atlanta. Um, and, you know, Nibirutha undoubtedly is probably the best team manager uh, of the past few years, if not longer. Um, he was sacked during lockdown, and I think it's probably fair to say that... Um, the reasoning behind it was more a clash of ego and clash of personality than anything to do with his competency. Uh, he was replaced with the second team manager, Igor Igovicevic, who lasted uh, precisely seven games, uh, winning only two of them, and then he himself was replaced uh, with an interim manager in uh, previous manager, Soran Mamich, um, who has since been given the job full-time. Now obviously Mamich is a controversial figure uh, because his surname's Mamich <laughs> uh, and anyone with that surname around the club is going to be a controversial figure. Um obviously previously has been on trial uh, for siphoning uh, millions from the club. Uh, so from an ethical perspective, it's a interesting appointment. Now, from a form perspective, since Belich left the club, Obviously, it's just completely collapsed. Now, part of that is the task that Jovocevic was given, which was basically to bring through young players and get uh, the squad into so, the sort of shape you expect them to be for qualifying for the Champions League this season and also coping with the loss of major players, um, yeah, which was a commendable task to give but an impossible one to actually produce in reality. And, you know, things very quickly got so bad that uh, the change had to be made. It, it is fair to say that uh, Mamic didn't really improve things much uh, in the three-four games he had uh, at the end of the season, albeit in their uh, final game of the season against Palestine, uh What was a pretty much an entirely reserve side, um, was able to beat one of the form sides in the league in a relatively impressive fashion. Um so it's quite difficult to know how much will fare in this spell. I think it's probably fair to say that they're not going to hit the heights of uh, the big league era. I think it's also fair to say that uh, when you look at the draw they've been given in the Champions League, you know, in that uh, second qualifying round, they're very likely to face uh, Romania's Cluj, uh, who you know, obviously are a very competitive side, knocked out Celtic last season, did okay in the Europa League group stages as well. Um, they're a very difficult draw to get at that stage of European competition, Uh, certainly not a very desirable one. And for a team who have been out of form, it's really not the test that Dinamo wanted at that part of the season. If you take Champions League football out of the equation, um, Dinamo obviously on paper have the strength to win the league and win it with ease as they did last year even with a complete collapse um see there are all the confusing things that have gone on at the club in that time uh with the playing staff primarily you know we have uh bruno pekovic who hasn't been seen for I mean, uh, a month and a half as injured um rumors of moves for obviously pekovic Orsic, Livakovic uh, and others along with uh, sort of a culling of a previous generation uh, in terms of we're seeing uh, a likely move of Nikola Moro uh, going from Dinamo Zagreb to Dinamo Moscow having uh, beaten off Dinamo Kiev for his signature um, and yeah there's a lot of uh, Rumour around Lovar Amaya as well in the midfield, uh, who's you know, potentially be, going to be going to uh, either Birmingham or Osieck, uh, depending on how that sort of pans out over the next couple of weeks. If you're looking at players coming in, uh, obviously they've had uh, sort of a team, the generation come in really. Um, with Christian Jakic coming in permanently, and then also after spending half a season at Lokomotiva, after joining in the winter, uh, Frank Karicic and Lilian Castellati joining the side permanently. Um, It's difficult to guess what Dinamo will look like coming into the winter, and that will in part be determined by what goes on with the Champions League campaign, Uh, particularly as um, the Zagreb earthquake in the spring damaged Maximir, which means that uh, it's probably not going to be in a usable state for uh, a Champions League games. Um, We'll certainly have to wait and see precisely what Dynamo we're going to be dealing with this year, Um, but you will still be very hard pressed not to back them to win the title. So with our uh... League leaders uh, and expectant uh, reigning champions covered. Our second question is quite simply can anyone challenge Dynamo? Um, the answer is maybe, <laughs> which I'm sure is the sort of definitive answer that every listener was looking for me to provide. Um, see, if we start with the second side. In the country last season was see Locomotiva, uh, the farm club of Dinamo, and they were very impressive uh, towards the end of last season. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Goran Tomic has done a very good job out of the club. On the other hand, since they secured second place and secured you know, crucially a second uh, Champions League qualification spot for which may add that uh, they've had a rather reasonable draw against uh, Rapid Vienna team who I believe um, are struggling with uh, coronavirus in terms of the amount of training that they're able to do and are likely to come into the Thai cold. Transfer wise, obviously going out has been as we mentioned with you know Castrati and Karicic uh, and also Jakic. We've seen Mito Azuni who's uh, transferred to French Varos uh, for a fee that, sort of, depending on who you've seen report it, uh, is anything between about one and a half million and three million. But when you look at the players that are coming into the club, I think that's where they really have excelled. Um, the loans that they've bringing in from Dinamo, Marco Gira and Mario Kuch. Uh Kush when he was in form at Istra at the start of last season, was absolutely electric and unplayable. Uh, didn't really have the chance to show it much later on in the season, but that's probably more due to how Istra wanted to use him and were reliant upon him uh, on doing everything. Uh, Gira is a very promising um, holding midfielder and a direct replacement for Jakic um the, a couple also of uh, players who've come in from elsewhere from a father was uh jamal Abishi. uh but you know the one really uh, impressive one for me is a player watching from twitter in albania which is sheriff kalaku um obviously it won't be a player most people aren't familiar with um, because most people don't watch the albanian league um but you know having Seen quite a bit of him from the perspective of, sort of scouting him um, over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, he's a really impressive player. Certainly, uh, one who should be able to take a step on at Luka Bativa and take a step onto a bigger league than Croatia as well. And if you, know, you just have to take one look at his goal-scoring record uh, to see what sort of talent he has. If he hits the ground running, Logan and Diva have a very, very good player. Um, but, I mean, with that sort of change, and, and you know, it's, it's a change of important players uh, at the club, there's going to be a bit of a settling in period for them, um, which is the nature of the club's business model itself. But they still look like a very good side this season. When we look at the other contenders, you know, obviously there's three... There's First two names we'll look at will be Rijeka and Osiek Both of whom are going to be defined by their transfer. So Rijeka are down, uh, Alexander Gouragon and Franco Um With Franco, um, there is the possibility that he will be coming back. He doesn't want to go back to Belgium um, and would like to stay in Rijeka. So I think certainly there is a deal to be hammered out there if it's something that Rijeka can afford. Um, that, would, to me, would be particularly important because Simon Grossman, you know, after he's taken a long time to sort of find his feet uh, at the club, was able to get the best out of him towards the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, that was a, a large part of their cup win. As I think they haven't actually uh, really brought in anyone. Uh, and perhaps their priority is simply to try and keep hold of um, last season's top scorer in the league, Antonio mirko cholak uh, who's currently linked to Dino Kiev. And... Um, if they're able to do so, that will keep them in the uh, race for being the best of the rest, along with Osieck, who have also shipped off big names, um, not least uh, Miko Maric, who's gone to Monza in B, uh, And they're acting with every intent of spending the apparent six million fee that they received for him after um, the uh, supposed personal intervention of Silvio Berlusconi, uh, with his private jet turning up at RCX training camp to whisk Maric away um, when other clubs uh, suspected they had a very good chance of signing him. That money that's come in will for certain be spent and this is a big season for the club in general and um, you know, the Pampas uh, stadium project is going very well you know it's going very quickly and you're going to be moved into that so hopefully for the start of next season barring any delays and that would be you know a a really pivotal moment for the club itself Um, if they're able to spend that money well there is no reason why they can't make second place their own and you know we talk about losing marriage who will come in and replace him you know, arguably, they have a replacement there at the club already in Dondre um, the 19-year-old now um, who was starting to make appearances towards the end of last season. But he was a very, uh, very impressive tall striker. Who I believe I think Sampdoria uh, were interested in as well. Of the challenging sides, that leaves us with one name uh, constituency absent, which is of course Hiduk. Hydro are in a mess. Um, left the club recently for well-blows market value. And there are still sort of, behind the scenes problems between Igor Dudo and uh, some of the players, mainly those who are um, agented um, by um, a particular agent uh, who is the father of one of those players, Dakin Yasmich. Um There's not really any reason for Having much hope for Hajduk at this point. Um, if you want to make the argument, they do have lots of very good young talent at the club. If you look at last season, uh, you know so many players were able to make it come into the side and make an impact who um, you know are, are of that sort of younger generation. Vuskovic, Kolina, Niasmic, Duich, Blagajic, Klekovic, you know, all did very worthy things at points. But Tudor, in his time at the club in this spell, hasn't been able to find the formula to actually be able to fit all the pieces together and get the most out of the side. They've very much been less than some of their parts, and by promoting so much young talent at once, so seeing it um, at Hiduk 2, and they came out today with announcing nine new players, and yeah. Um and i think in short probably the betting money would be on judo not lasting um especially long into the season particularly if high don't get off to a uh to a positive start um I mean, when you sort of look at their first few games they you know open with a very uh, kind fixture shall we say against Istra, who obviously we'll get onto later uh, but then you know week two is Ostiak away, and if Ostiak are able to beat them, then uh, and then then you is immediately on the back foot against uh, the competitors around him in the table, and you sort of look at that 12th of September uh, scheduled game, uh, the Eternal Derby against Dinamo, followed straight after by a uh, away game at Rijeka, You think that will probably be the the vital period for Tudor if he wants to uh, keep himself <laughs> in a job beyond beyond the opening period of the season. Um, so with those covered, the next question we have is quite simply, can Gariccia take the next step? So um, for the past two seasons, H&K Gariccia, obviously since they've been promoted, have been uh, in fits and starts a mightily impressive side. And they hung on with the top five for a fair portion of the season before falling away um towards the end. Um and their outlook for this season is relatively simple. Keep Christian leverage and push for Europe or sell him and settle for mid-table. Um like Locomotiva, they've delve into the Albanian market, bringing in um, you know, another impressive player in right back, Albi Duka, um along with bringing in uh, Josip Mitrovic from Rijeka, who did impress in periods um, adding to zapresic last season, but you know, obviously in that side it was quite difficult to impress in general because of how uh, generally poor they were. But you, know, you really can't talk about Croatia and, and not talk about Loveridge. Um He is the best set piece taker in the nation, uh, and you know he's very fun to watch. You know you often see him just have games where it's essentially a ninety-minute battle between him shooting from twenty, twenty-five yards and the opposition goalkeeper. Uh, we saw that um, with some very good examples last season against Hajduk and Luka-Mateva. Um He can score. Anywhere from within 30 yards and often does with him. Gariccia have an X-factor that can keep them in any game without him. Well, they'll hope that they get the full 4 million that they want for him and that that will cover a replacement or two. Should they not kick on this season, then they potentially will fall into the grasp of the most mid-table side in the history of mid-tabling Slav M. Blue-Pull. Um Who will probably finish 7th because... Basically, that's what they do, and they exist in a hinterland between uh, the sides who are challenging to really progress and do something in the league, and the poor sides who uh, will be in the relegation shake-up. In terms of their signings... um, Tolis Nol, maybe one to watch. He comes with a profile that's done well in Croatia in the past, in so much as is a striker that hasn't done very well in Germany, but had enough for clubs to uh, repeatedly take a chance on him. Much like uh, last season with um, Savinov, you know you will see them get a couple of very good results against the top sides um and it will be enough for them to sort of consistently be competitive without ever uh, really threatening to do much more than that um see the other side and it's sort of quite interesting to see uh, how this one does it, is Varazin now um obviously mid-season they changed manager and brought in sammy top um at that point they were uh, struggling at the bottom, very much involved in a, uh, to use the uh, idiom, a relegation dogfight uh, against Inter Zapretic. Come the end of the season they were the most informed team in Croatia Uh, and Toplak is almost completely uh, responsible for that. the very good news for them is, you know, two of the important players towards the end of last season, Jorge or and you know most importantly to me, Domagoj Dorostek, uh, you know, are still at the club. Dorostek is on loan all season and you know, that to me is probably the real coup. Um, you know sort of once you take a, a real data dive into what he does, uh, you you see he's a really surprisingly a good player and you know the positive things that his stats showed and um, you know began to show more consistently you know, in a visible sense on the pitch towards the end of the year. Uh, Dino Skorup is a pretty smart loan from Haiduk uh, given his performance in the second tier and you know aside from Ivan Nevisic going back to uh, Rijeka from Lund, um there's little reason to suspect they're going to drop their standards that massively. It's hard to think, you know, that over a normal season that they will be able to push for much higher than eighth, but Southern them, you know, you, you underestimate the manual your peril. There's no side with a manager that's more well-versed in keeping a small team with limited resources safe in the high L than black which leaves us with one final question, which is, uh, of course, about the relegation race. You know, who will go down and it is between the two sides. Firstly, the um, sides taken up from the relegation playoff last season, Easter. Um Easter, to me, shouldn't be in the situation they're in. Um, so in terms of the background ownership of the club, uh, a couple of years ago they were in uh, very high risk of going out of business before the club were taken over by the uh, Basconia group who own Alaves and uh, social and also I believe a couple of other clubs, uh, and they have yes, access to some really good players through that tie-up. The problem is that the people who are at the club to look after that tie-up and bring those players in don't seem to be very good at their job and I think you see that with the side this season, you know, they've lost a lot of the good players from last season. Uh Ana Galeria, uh, who was sort of uh, in midfield and defense alternately. Um but he yeah, was a, a consistent and a reliable player and to me, you know, one of the best keepers in the league, Joseph Cartwright and nothing's come in to replace anyone. Um yeah, they comfortably stayed up in the relegation playoff, but a lot of that was because in the first like Orient just self-destructed. You know, ended up uh, with only nine men because of their own ill-discipline, and um, yeah, they gave Easter a gift. And they look a worse side than last season already at this point. If you're looking for silver linings, um, you point to them still having Shimen Um I think he's a very good player, very um, sort of reliable uh, winger. But is it enough to keep them up? I'm I'm not sure, uh, and I think this season probably is the most dangerous one for them. You know, a, a, as they enter the season, when you compare them to the uh, promoter side Shibinik, um, first Šibenik have done some good business. You know, they are a traditionally fed big side, um, and yeah, they absolutely ran away with the second tier last season, albeit obviously it was very much a truncated season um, that only just got over halfway through it. Um, the players they've brought in, you know, you've got Denny Juric, who is getting his chance in the top flight and again, really impressed at Rudej last season, and has been good for a couple of seasons uh, at that lower level, and also Silvio Anicic, um, again has, has, has done similar, you know, really impressed last season in the second tier. Um, so this is you know, at worst a dominant second tier side that's added the best players from the second tier to it um, at best um you're bringing through a, a lot of players who are sort of new to the division you know, we don't really know what their ceiling is uh i think right now there are at least the standard vista uh, it feels like, given the profile of the squad, that's the squad that's only going to get better as the season goes on. And it may be that they get off to a slow start, uh, but I think they'll certainly go on as we go along. So, while you've got a top of the league that uh, is probably going to be pretty predictable, um, everywhere else isn't safe. Self and Blooper finishing 7th, because seven and um You sort of have th- three definitive tiers of the, the big fall behind Dinamo, sort of the mid-table race between three sides and and who are sort of all going to be having mini battles and mini tables and mini leagues uh, throughout the season. There's always going to be an intriguing stories uh, uh, somewhere or another this season it's vital to stay in the league and next season it's vital to stay in the league because we're coming into a period where there's going to be a new TV deal and it's going to be a much more lucrative one than uh, it has been previously. So, you know, there's going to be the funding there to really, for these clubs to really kick on, particularly uh, the smaller sides um, who, you know, might not have the reliance on you know, the, the large membership scheme of, of Hydro. I think, you know, we're certainly going to see a levelling, up of uh, sides like Gorilla, uh Slaven, Varazin uh, as we go through sort of the first half of the 2020s and that's obviously looking into the future uh, looking into the present as I say we have the league kicking off tomorrow uh, so between Varazin and uh, Gorica, which you know I mean if you wanted a uh, Real marquee fixture to kick off the league, absolutely no one would choose that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the highlight of the first weekend will be on Sunday when we have an Zach Lev derby between Dinamo and Locomotiva. Um, I think that could be a very good game and a very good way to judge where Dinamo are at the start of this season. Um, so thank you for listening. Enjoy uh, the league beginning this season, and I will catch you next time.